Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters, and I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. We are going to talk today about skin cycling. I have a lot of questions about this topic, but first, let me introduce my guest. Dr. Simran Seti has practiced internal medicine for over 16 years. She is a graduate of the Medical College of Wisconsin and completed her internal medicine residency training at Santa Clara Valley Medical Center, San Jose. She then went on to get her master's of business administration at University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business. Simran's background as an internist has provided her a strong foundation in understanding the essentials in achieving and maintaining optimal health from the inside and out. I'm all about that. Her mission with RenewMD and Skin by Dr. Simran Sati is to empower women who have struggled to find the right skincare products and treatments for their melanated skin and to celebrate and care for their complexion by working with this process rather than against it. So happy to have you. How are you today? I'm good, Lauren. How are you? I'm really good. I am really excited to talk about skin cycling because it's such a hot topic. Um, right now I'm asked about it a lot. Um, and I have to say, I, I, am not an expert, so let's talk to an expert so that I can become an expert. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, no. You know what? Skin cycling. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very nice term and we've been sort of skin cycling for a while now, but, uh, this, I guess just formalizes it. Okay. So what is skin cycling exactly? Let's just start at the very beginning and break it down in a layman's terms. What is skin right. cycling? Yeah, so so skin cycling is, cycling is the um, practice of you uh, of alternating how you use certain products that can be maybe a little harsh on the skin, and um, they're good for your skin, which is why you want to use them. But they can result in a little bit of inflammation or dryness that can't be tolerated by all skin types. And that specifically means how to alternate your retinol, if you're using one, and exfoliants. And this could be chemical exfoliants like glycolic or lactic acids or mechanical exfoliants like a a scrub. Um, And that that practice essentially means that if you're going to use retinol one night, you know, don't use your exfoliant that morning and and so forth. So you're not sort of over-processing your skin but yet you are incorporating these important skincare actives into your skincare regimen on a weekly basis. Okay. I, okay. So are you saying that if, is it bad for our skin if we don't skin cycle? You know, I don't think that it's, uh, so it depends on your skin type. So that's, that's where it gets a little confusing. I think that the skin type that can handle, it can handle not skin cycling is somebody who has very oily skin. Okay. But if you have normal, dry, mature skin, skin cycling is likely a really good habit to be in. That's that's good to know. So how does one skin cycle? 
So, so skin cycling, I, so uh, what I recommend is, so let's say that it's Monday and you woke up, um, and you use a, an exfoliant when you're, after you've washed your face or while you're washing your face. So that could mean some sort of a glycolic or lactic acid gel or a, um, a, some sort of, you know, micro exfoliant that you scrub your face with. Mm-hmm. Then that night when you, uh, you, you know, when you would use a retinol, so you use your retinol at night, you would skip using that retinol, just, you know, apply, do your, wash your face, apply your moisturizer, whatever your nighttime routine is. Right. The next day, which is Tuesday, don't exfoliate, just wash your face like normal, put your serums, your moisturizer on. And then at night, apply, uh, don't exfoliate again, apply your retinol. So you're using your exfoliant on, let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday in the morning. So you're using your retinol at night on Tuesday, um, you know, Thursday. So that's kind of how you, you manage your skin cycling or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yep. So are you, if we are not doing this, let's say, because my audience is primarily the mature skin Mm -hmm. are, is it bad for your skin? Like, how do you know it's, that you should be skin cycling. Like, should we all be doing it across the board except for people with oily skin? But a lot of people in my age demographic no longer have oily skin. Right. So, you know, right. I, I, I think that once women get into their forties, their skin does start feeling like it's drier than it was when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And even if they had oily skin to start with. And I would say that in, when you're in your forties and above skin cycling is a great I, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to manage your skincare because sometimes people think that, you know, if you're, if you are, if you're, when you apply your skincare, your skin is burning and it's feeling sensitive, that means it's working better, but that's actually not at all true. So, um, so that's a sign that you're definitely over-processing your skin. Okay. Um, now if your skin is not burning, but it's not, um, and or sensitive, but you feel like it kind of looks a little dull and maybe a little dry then consider skin cycling. Um, and, 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 you know, I think that when it comes to skin cycling, it's also important to know what's in your skincare. So, you know, because there, there are a lot, uh, there are a lot of nighttime serums that have retinol in them, but you know, if you don't pick up the bottle and look at the ingredients, you won't know that. And then there are a lot of serums that are called glow serum or glow cleanser or whatever. And they're, you know, maybe a little stronger exfoliant. So you also have to know what you're using. And, um, but I think if you're in your forties and above skin cycling is a great idea, no matter what your skin type is, because most likely you, you are going to be a little bit on the drier side. Yeah. I've noticed that myself, but there are, okay. So there's a school of thought and I've heard many women say this about retinol use. As you get older, it's really important. And they use, you know, someone will say, I've been using a retinoid for 12 years and I slather it on. And now my skin, because they think it's going to make their skin um, tougher, you know, Mm -hmm. because our skin tends to get more fragile as we age and it thins and whatever. So can you explain if that is in fact true? And if it's not, why skin cycling might be better even for the people that believe that? Yeah, so so I I think retinol is probably the best invention when it comes to skincare because what it's doing is it's making your skin behave like it did when it was younger. So let's take two. Um, so I like this analogy of 
let's take two people. Uh, let's take a woman who's 50 and a woman who is 20. The 20 year old woman and the 50 year old woman are experiencing the same kind of environmental damage. They're sitting in the sun the same amount of time, you know, pollution, all of that. Right. Now, how, but the woman in her 20s does not show as many fine lines or sun damage, but yet in her 50s, she's showing that. That's because in your 20s, your body automatically is continuously renewing your skin and making new skin at a rate of about every 10 days to two weeks. When you get into your 50s, this rate slows down quite a bit. And now you're making new skin and repairing errors or damages to the skin at a rate of anywhere from 12 to 16 weeks. Oh my you, God. <laughs> I know that, that, that sounds that, that sounds so sad, but, oh. that, but that's where retinol really makes such a difference because retinol increases your skin cell turnover. So it's making your skin behave in that fashion where you're continuously repairing. However, because it's so good, sometimes, you know, you think the, the higher the concentration or strength, the right. better. And, um, and, and, you know, the more I use it, the better. So, so, you know, there's sort of a fine balance because retinol, one of the problems with retinol or tretinoin is that it does make your skin, it can make your, because it's driving so much skin cells turnover. It can do that at the cost of your skin barrier and make you very dry, sensitive, healing all the time. And, um, and I've seen people who've used retinol for years and years, and they're on a, you know, uh, 1% of, uh, formulation and they're constantly peeling, but they think it's better for the skin. Um, and it's not. So lots and lots of studies have been done where they've looked at different, con uh, you know, different strengths of retinol. And essentially after you've used the retinol for over a month, the effects are identical. The only difference is that one causes a little more inflammation. So so let's say that you really wanted to get very fast skin turnover very quickly. You can start off on a 0.1% or 1%, but, um, but staying on it may, if it's making you too sensitive, it, there's really, there's absolutely no reason to do that. So it's okay then to go to drop down to the point five. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Exactly. If okay. you drop down to point five, it's perfectly fine. And if you drop down to using it, like we do in skin cycling, only half the week, that's fine because you're, you, you, if it, there's no point having a lot of skin cell turnover, but not having enough, um, having an intact skin barrier that protects you. Okay. Understood. Okay. That's interesting. So what, are there any other reasons why you think skin cycling is so important for middle-aged skin? Well, the, so the other thing is moisture, um, which is the amount of water we're holding in our skin, the amount of oil and lipids in our skin is really essential to keeping our skin looking young and avoiding fine lines and, and actually doing a better job at fighting pollution and oxidative damage. And, uh, when you are, uh, when your skin is on the drier side, it will naturally experience little micro tears. And which means just breakage in the skin barrier. So keeping your skin um, under, not under processed, but properly processed, I guess, and retaining moisture becomes really important. And, and you know, um, that's really what makes the, what really makes your uh, pigment get more even and, um, you know, takes away fine lines. 
And um, so, so, you know, knowing how to skin cycle properly and kind of understanding your, your skin is really important. Can someone, let's say somebody is very unsure about what they're doing when it comes to skin cycling, who would they seek out for help with this? Their dermatologist, like who would you get help from to make sure A, that you're using the right products and B, that you're using them in the right way? So, so, you know, I think, yes, I think your dermatologist would be the first person, but a lot of estheticians are very good at skin cycling and they actually, I feel like estheticians do a really good job at assessing your skin more, honestly, more than sometimes physicians do because they're spending more time with you into your skin. So if your esthetician is telling you you're, you're very dry, you're you know, your, um, your just, your skin is looking a little dull. Let me try and hydrate you. It's, it's a good idea to go over your regimen with them because I feel like they, they do have, they do have the experience to tell you when you're maybe overdoing it. Well, that that's good. I mean, yeah. Have the conversation. You've booked them for an hour or whatever. Make exactly. sure you have that conversation and say, how do I skin cycle? These are the products I'm using. And they might even have some different products for you to try. Okay, good. That's, that's actually quite helpful. So, okay. Now let's talk about skin fasting. What is it and how is it different than skin cycling? Yeah. So skin fasting, it's it's such a fun term, but skin fasting means kind of stopping all your products and going to something really, really mild and simple. So that would be like going from using um, you know, retinol, exfoliants, and 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 so forth. To completely stopping and washing your face with something very very gentle, like a like a hypoallergenic formula, like Cerave or Cetaphil, and then just applying like Cetaphil moisturizer and sunscreen. And um, you know, I think skin fasting. I feel like it's a lot more popular because of TikTok, but it's it's not understood very well okay. because it's it's not for everyone. There's no, so some people think that you should skin fast to, because your, your skin might be getting too used to your product regimen and you should skin fast and try something different. And that'll make your next group of products, um, more effective, or maybe do a skin fast and then you reuse your regular regimen. Um, but that's actually not what skin fasting is for. Skin fasting is for when your skin is very dry, sensitive, and sort of over-processed. And you feel like everything you put on is burning. You're just looking very dull. Then you might be under, or you might be undergoing some sort of reaction to a product, and you don't know it. So using sort of the process of elimination, you know, slowly eliminate every three, four days a product, and then bring it down to the very, you know, hypoallergenic, um, you know, mild stuff uh, for about a week or two to let the skin calm down, build that barrier, and then start reintroducing your products again. Um, and at that point, you know, if you were allergic to something, you would have figured it out because you were, when you were eliminating it, your skin should feel so much better. So it's like an elimination diet that people do to find out what they have sensitivities yes. to with food, only now it's for your skin. Exactly, so- exactly. And, 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 you know, it could also be something like, you know, sometimes people have sort of a systemic infection where they have a bad allergy to um, something and now their whole face swell up and they're just, and you know, when your face swells up and you're, or you're getting over an infection and when it sort of comes back no, down to normal, it's very dry. 
So sometimes, you know, that's a good time to do a little bit of a skin fast to really minimize what you're putting on it and then go back to what you were doing before. So it's it's something that you do for a short period of time. I don't think you need to do it more than two weeks. Okay. And then, you know, because especially for for those of us who are in our 40s and above, um, that, that if you stayed on a on this uh, regimen of just, you know, essentially baby products, you're never going to get any kind of active ingredients in that are going to help you build your skin barrier, you know, um, and, and, you know, fight all those signs of aging. So um, it's, it's really not a long-term thing. You know, it's funny. I ended up, I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but I skin fasted kind of recently because I had some surgery and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take this time and just kind of go back to basics. And I did it. And then I ended up having to do it again because when I reintroduced my products, I started to have a reaction. So then I had to do it again so I could figure out what, what was causing mm-hmm. the reaction. Yeah. Okay. I skin fast and I didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you, and you know, if your skin, if it, and honestly, if you, when you were skin fasting, did you feel like your skin was as hydrated as, as, as it was when you were using your regular products? Like, you know, did you feel that the skin fasting regimen was giving you enough you know, giving you enough effect. No, I didn't, but I wasn't, I was recovering. So I wasn't leaving my house. I wasn't going outside. Like I wasn't, you know, having the environmental issues or going in the sun and, you know, I, I put up with it, but then I did notice like when I had to do it a few weeks later again, to make my face calm down, obviously it was better than the rash that I was experiencing. So, (laughs) you know, um, because you, you kind of freak out internally and you're like, what is going on? Right. And before you, I mean, I did speak to someone, you know, professional about it and she recommended that I just stop everything, mm-hmm. you know, use the Cetaphil, which I had done, you know, I had before because I just used it and I basically started from scratch again and then reintroduced the products one by one and figured out which one I was having sensitivity towards. Right. And now, now we're back, but no, I, you know, I didn't think my skin looked that bad. It was only a couple weeks. No, yeah. I didn't really. Yeah. And it, again, it was only a few weeks. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen patients where they've, uh, they've sort of been on this mild regimen for like a year and they're, but in a way they're convinced that if they go, you know, into using things that are a little more, um, active, they're, they're going to have, they're, they're going to have a reaction. And, and when they don't, they're very surprised, but, but, you know, as long as you look at your products and make sure there aren't any dyes or synthetic perfumes, um, or parabens that really, really minimizes the chances of a reaction. Okay. Yeah. And let's, can we talk about one other thing then? Uh, because there is such, and I've talked about this before, but there is such a push right now for natural and organic and things like that. But like my concern is if they don't, some, some preservatives are good because you don't want mold growing on your products, you know? So I, I worry about, you know, is, is what, of course, then I start thinking, I got this rash. Oh my God, is my skincare, is it contaminated or did something happen or, you know, so what are your thoughts on like organic and natural. Yeah, you know, I I think that unfortunately organic and natural have been used in a very broad sense and they've turned into, you know, marketing tools. 
So it's, it's, um, I, I think that, um, you know, you'll be surprised at how many organic and natural products you'll pick up and you'll see the first thing in the ingredient list is mineral oil. And, um, and it, and it, and it really, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it'll prevent you from getting the high concentration of skincare actives. And, you know, people always ask me, well, it's a medical grade line. I don't have medical issues. I don't need it, but that's actually not the point. It's just the the potency and the concentration. So I think that organic, um, I, I think that you have to be very, very careful when you pick if something's natural or organic, because I don't think that, I think you do, you do need some level of processing to get the beneficial parts of an ingredient to be able to deliver into the skin's dermis. And that unfortunately requires some level of processing. And like you said, it it requires some level of stability so that that product is actually potent when you pump it out of the bottle. And um, now that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, uh, put a lot of hormone modulating compounds in it or things like that, or perfumes and dyes, but um, it, it does require, you know, some level of processing. So I would say I, I've seen a lot of people who've been on organic natural products, but they're breaking out continuously. And because, you know, a lot of them don't have, um, they don't have a high concentration of the ingredients you actually need. And a, a lot of them use um, petroleum jelly and mineral oil in them. That yep. seems to be a very common theme. Yeah. I think sometimes things in nature could also give you a reaction, Absolutely. you know, like exactly. plants and herbs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Great. So, um, if your skin is inflamed or irritated, what can you assume is the cause? I think we kind of touched on it, but yeah, it's, you know, sometimes there, there, it's not only things you've put on your skin, but it could also be, um, a, a, you know, gluten sensitivity. One of the hallmarks, um, is actually skin sensitivity and it doesn't, and it's funny because it won't be, um, a rash all over the body. It'll be maybe hyperpigmentation. It could be um, eczema that you'll get in certain spots. So it it is, um, you know, so that it is a little bit of an exploration. Yeah. Okay. So should you, if that happens, I mean, should you call your doctor? I mean, you know, try to figure yeah, it out I, yourself. I think, I think, right. Well, well, the first thing I would do is that, you know, you, you can, you can, call your doctor. But the first thing I would do is sort of do a little bit of an elimination on, on what you're doing with your skin and how to do, how to do that is, um, go, you know, take out the product you, that is newest in your regimen first, you know, stop using that for two or three days. If you feel like you're not feeling any better, then I would take out, um, things that are exfoliants, um, or, or toner. Those, you know, tend to be a little bit on the drying side and and so forth. So take that out next. And after that, you know, go in. So I think the last product you should remove is probably your um, cleanser. And then right before that, your moisturizer. But, you know, things that are not those, you should remove earlier in that exercise. And, and, and you should be able to pinpoint if it is skincare related. Well, okay. So, but let's say you've been using a product line for a while, mm-hmm. like a long time, let's say a year or two. And all of a sudden, you're developing something. And of course, like the first question you're asked when you talk to your doctor is if you added anything new to your routine and you say no, because you haven't. So what, what could that possibly be? 
Um, you know, um, I also think seasonal allergies have a great impact on our skin. So okay. I would actually start taking like a Zyrtec and, hmm. or, um, you know, um, Interesting. Claritin. Okay. um, take it continue uh, every day for a whole week. And if you feel like your symptoms have gone away, then it is likely seasonal allergies. And, and the reason why these things are over the counter now is because they're so safe for everyone. Um, and. And if they haven't gone, then it would be food related, most likely. And, and you know, the, the vast majority of people who have gluten sensitivity or lactose intolerant are adults. So if you have been using your skincare for a few years or a year and, you know, you, you were fine with it, um, it's likely something more systemic. So I would say season, right. seasonal allergies first and then okay. the diet. That's okay. All right. So... You have a line. Tell us about it and why it's different. So, so my line is um, basically focused on skin barrier rep repair and our natural skin cycle. So the so I'm I'm not a fan of a one product does it all um, strategy because it's um, you know our our body needs our body has all these our skin has all these different functions. And if you want to optimize all the steps in our skin cycle, um, you need the active ingredients for those steps in certain doses. So think about a drop of skincare. If you had to fit in um, a stable vitamin C, a moisturizer with lipids, a retinol, or maybe even a sunscreen, right? All of that in that one drop, that's a lot of stuff to fit into it. So it like, you know, it, it just actually physically cannot do that. Um, and that's why it's a, it's, um, it's a layering process. And, and many of us know that, but you'll be, but you know, some people really like uh, a simpler routine. Mm -hmm. um, so in my line, um, I'm focused on skin barrier repair because that's what ultimately will balance your skin tone, will, um, will fight the, um, you know, the effects of aging and the environment. And, um, and I think that's true for all skin tones, but it's also something that for women of color who have not had lines that specifically address their greatest concerns, which is uneven pigmentation. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a very different approach to what they've been doing, um, so far, which is just fighting their melanin, um, and fighting their pigmentation versus, making their skin happier by strengthening their skin barrier and then watching how their melanin production completely balances out. So your product line features a skin cycling duo. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and why using them together? Helps? Yeah. So, so, you know, to, to take the mystery out of skin cycling, right. um, that duo is actually, it's, it's, that duo is by far one of our most popular um, set of products. So there is a, um, an exfoliant, which is a, um, it's called our skin polish and it mm -hmm. has a little mic, it has the, these little microfilaments in it to just sort of physically, um, exfoliate the skin, but it also has pomegranate extract and niacinamide. So your skin still going to feel soft and, um, that pomegranate extract will give you sort of a botanical exfoliation. Okay. And then the retinol actually, so, so my retinol has a, is a 0.5% physician grade retinol, but it also has lipids in it. So that really counteracts that dryness. And it, it these are the same lipids that mimic your, um, the lipids in your skin barrier. So mm -hmm. it'll help replenish that. 
Interesting. So what made you want to start a medical grade skincare line? So I have been um, practicing aesthetic medicine for a while mm-hmm. and um, it was, it was very clear, you know, when you were doing aesthetic procedures like skin lasers and microneedling and so forth, that there's a lot of confusion around skincare post-procedure. And then even when I noticed when women were coming in, because my clients are mostly women, um, there was a lot of, there's so much variation in what they're doing with their skincare. So, so that just got me very inspired. And of course, my own experience with finding the right skincare for myself, because I grew up with acne and then, you know, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation after that and so forth. So, so it was all of that combined. Mm. And what are the benefits of using a system-based skincare line? So the benefits are that you are A, applying a potent dose of every active ingredient into your skin. So when you're cleansing, you're you're effectively cleansing out all the dirt and debris so that Mm -hmm. the next step, which is your serum, can be absorbed, um, you know, most optimally then your, your serum has to have a nice high concentration because if you can imagine how it kind of goes through your skin layers, um, your serum should be working in your dermis, which is our deeper skin layer. So if you, when you apply it, of course, some of it is going to get sort of stuck in the epidermis, which is more superficial and then has to go down to the dermis. So having a high concentration of product is really important. And that's why you layer it on. Right. And there's, you do basically, I, we've discussed this before on this podcast, but just so people know, you cleanse, then you go from thinnest to thickest, correct? With Perfect. Yes, right. exactly. Exactly. So serum would probably, or toner probably after you wash, mm-hmm. then a serum, and then then your lotion, and then always finish with sunscreen. Yes. And then, yeah. and then you know, if you have a hyaluronic acid um, a serum in your mm-hmm. regimen, Apply your hyaluronic serum on top of your moisturizer. Interesting. So Why? Why? I've never heard that before. Yeah. So, so hyaluronic acid's job is to basically um, act as a moisture barrier. That that's all it does. That's how it plumps your skin up. And what? Um, so when you apply your moisturizer, uh, and then you apply the hyaluronic acid on top, it is going to make your moisturizer live on your skin for much longer than if you apply it below the moisturizer. So it's like making a seal. That's exactly, exactly. It's going to seal in that moisture. Interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you have oily skin and you don't apply a moisturizer, um, apply your hyaluronic acid on top of your like daily serum. Mm -hmm. And what you will notice is your oil production is just going to be really balanced out where you're not going to get dry, but you're not going to blot your face all the time. Interesting. Okay. But let's just clarify it. But you do this before you put on sunscreen. Sunscreen should okay, be that's the last, correct. Yes, right? You put it okay. on before your sunscreen. Okay. Just want to clarify that. And everybody should be wearing sunscreen. I can't say that enough. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay. So let's, what are some top product picks for the summer since we're in the summer? Yeah. So, so, you know, in the summer we, we tend to, uh, well, of course, sunscreen is a big one, but in, in the summer, you know, we tend to be, it's more warm. So you tend to produce more oil. Um, and also if you're more, if you're going outdoors more, you're, you're probably exposing your skin to more dirt and debris also. Right. So if you are not using an exfoliant, 
um, this is a great time to introduce that, especially if, especially people with dry skin tend to be a little shy about exfoliation. So, um, but dry skin also needs exfoliation, just not as frequently. So if let's say you were um, not using a, any kind of uh, mechanical or chemical exfoliants, introduce it back into your regimen for the summer. Um, if, you know, if, uh, even exfoliating like two to three times a week is a great way, which is kind of like what skin cycling does. It's a great right. way to um, keep your skin nice and clean. And, um, and, and, you know, when you keep your skin free of debris um, and buildup, it helps your serum actually get where it needs to be. So, um, you know, add, adding in an exfoliant in your um, routine is great. If you're using a moisturizer that's very rich in lipids, that was great for the winter, maybe switching out to something that's more on the hydrating side and not does not have as many oils in it would be a good idea too. And what about oil for your skin in the summertime? What are your thoughts on that? Like, you yeah, know, oils so, are sort of a big deal now, you know? It, 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 perfect, yes, yeah. oils are very, very popular for cleansing as a serum, moisturizer, uh, you name it, right? Um, so I think that the problem with oils is that they have to be formulated because oils are really big compounds. So if they're not formulated in a way where they're diluted down or you're taking the, <clears throat> you're taking the oil the, the part of the oil that is like the most potent part and, and, you know, making it, making that compound actually smaller, um, it's just going to sit on top of your skin and trap dirt. And, okay. um, and I don't, you know, it, it's, it's not going to do what you, what you want it to do. So, um, like, you know, applying coconut oil to the skin is a big trend. Um, and when you do that, you're essentially, going to produce an environment where you're just going to trap all the new skin cells you make and all the dead skin cells that occur as a result um, and, and dirt in it. Instead, take a product that has some coconut oil in it, but it's formulated and diluted down so that it can get to your, um, you know, get to the part of the skin it needs to go to. So don't just slather coconut oil on. Exactly. Jo just don't slather oil onto your skin because um, it's likely just going to sit there. Okay. All right. So where can listeners find your products? And the line is called Skin by Dr. Simran Sethi. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And you right. can you, you can find us at uh, skinbydrsethi.com and also have some instructional videos and, and so forth. So, um, so, you know, because I know it is a systems baseline. I mean, you can buy individual products too, but um, I, I feel like when you have a system in place, you are, you're definitely going to optimize your skincare. I will make sure I will leave uh, a link in the show notes so people can find it. And, um, can people that don't have melanated skin use your line or is Absolutely. it just, okay. yes. I would say that more, uh, you know, I, I would say that half of, I have three clinics, our medical spas and half of my, um, clients are women who are, uh, who have skin type one through three. So yes. And they're very oh. happily using them. Good. Good to know. Okay. And is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? Cause this has been really interesting. Um, no, I just want to thank you for addressing, uh, some top TikTok trends because <laughs> I feel that they're, they're not terrible. They just have to be put into context. Oh, some of them are terrible. Come on. Some of them are horrible. Yes. Yeah. There are some that are just horrifying. But these yeah. two were actually important. Right. No, no. And I, you know, I, I do wonder how many 
I don't, I take, I take TikTok trends at face value, but I do, but who knows? It, it sure raises a lot of questions. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, I, right? I'm usually aware of them because my children are always on TikTok. Correct. And, mine too. Um, so they're always feeding me these different trends. And, and some of them are just, it's hilarious because I, you can test from them and their friends how people are sort of processing this information. So, um, so I think that's one of the great benefits of having teenagers in your home. Well, I have boys, so they don't really care so much about skincare. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but I do have a friend with a teenage daughter that will say, "Hey, did you hear about this?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I do kind of get it, um, you know. And then once in a while, I'll see one for myself, or it'll go viral, and I'm like, "What is this?" But those are usually yeah. the crazy ones. Those are the ones that are bananas. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This has been very enlightening. So we well, are going to thank you. You're done, right? Nothing else you wanted to add? We're good. We got nope, some of it. Okay. I am excited. Uh, we are going to wrap it up. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. And remember, you can put hyaluronic acid on top of your lotion. I did not know that, but I'm going to try it myself. So take care, everybody. Until next time.